Hi, I'm Michael Hartman. I'm Naomi Liu. And I'm Mike Rizzo. And this is OpsCast. A podcast for marketing ops pros. And RevOps pros. Created by the MoPros, the number one community for marketing operations professionals. Tune in to each episode as we chat with real professionals to help elevate you in your marketing operations career. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of OpsCast brought to you by MarketingOps.com, powered by the MoPros. I'm your host, Michael Hartman. Joined today, we are down to just Mike and me again. Mike Rizzo is my co-host. Hey, everybody. Uh, I wasn't even going to let you go. But oh, man. I just jumped right in there. <laughs> uh, and the reason I want to get going is because we have a lot to cover. and We have multiple guests this, this time today. So we are excited to have with us... Um, some marketing operations experts each here to talk a little bit about each, so the major marketing automation platforms. It's kind of our state of the union. We did one of these early on in the history of the podcast. So this is our second round. Um, we're going to do this here, but I think we'll try to make this an annual thing. So joining us today are Laura Black, rep, kind of representing Pardot, AJ Navarro, representing Marketo, George Samaris, representing Eloqua, and Mike is actually going to represent HubSpot. So here we go. Laura Laura is currently Director of Marketing Operations at Extensus HR and is a Pardot Pro. And I think actually she's got that term coined. AJ is currently a, and AJ, this was new to me, Package Technology Operations Consultant with Shift Paradigm. So um, he's he's Marketo expert. And then George is currently Director of Marketing Operations and Technology at Covio and is an Eloqua expert. So thanks everyone for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thank you for having us. All right. So why don't we, like, let's start off with the big question because I, uh, my, and I'll just, I think my general assertion right now is that there's not really much happening in terms of true, uh, really innovative stuff happening in the space. So I want each of you to try to prove me wrong here. So let's start with this. Yeah. What are you most excited about in terms of recent changes or announcements from the different platforms and, you know, I'm going to go look at, I'm a, I've got my screen here. I'll go with who's at the top left of my screen, which is Laura. Why don't you start us off and then we can kind of rotate from there. Pardot has had an interesting year. Um, I'm excited about it, but not necessarily in a good way for their name change. Uh, officially, it's name Oh, that's right. Changed. It's <laughs> That's right. It's not Pardot anymore. It's officially its name has changed to Marketing Cloud Account Engagement Powered by Pardot which will probably lose the powered by Pardot in some future iteration. It's a long mouthful. It wasn't super well received by the group of Pardot users. We call ourselves the Pardashians. Um, but it is what it is. You know, uh, the, everybody still calls it Pardot, uh, even internally when like consultants uh, talk to their clients, they say, you know, we have Pardot. Um, they are trying to write blog posts for both, both terms, things like that. An actual interesting um, feature that they released is conditional completion actions, which means uh, traditionally all Pardot forms, everybody who filled out a form had the same actions applied to them, and you had to get really creative if you didn't want actions applied to everyone across the board. Now we can, per form, say, hey, this custom field is blank, do these additional actions to them, and we don't have to eat up a ton of automation rules and other paid features to do it. Interesting. I thought you were going to go somewhere with like multi-page forms, but which I don't no. think anybody, any of these platforms do. Maybe HubSpot does. I don't I'm probably the least think, familiar with that. 
There's a good mm, no. reason to have them in certain instances, but I think most of the marketing people would say um, more forms, more fields, way bad. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think we all want fewer forms, fewer fields, and are utilizing tools in the background to like backfill data instead of giving them more fields to fill out. Yeah. No, I, I think generally you're right. Although then everybody's like, why don't we have more information about these leads oh. in our database? That's the worst. <laughs> right? All right, uh, I'll I'll call George. How about you next? Let's talk about Eloqua. What's what's exciting there? Yeah, great question. So <clears throat> I'm glad you prefaced earlier that uh, you know there hasn't been too many changes. It's like <laughs> I was trying to think of a few big ones that we've uh, we've got our hands on. Um, I would say so. The big change I've seen with Eloqua in the past uh, year is a lot of third-party integrations now tools. So less on Oracle's, you know, Oracle rolling this out. Oracle's been doing a lot of like if you look at the Eloqua change log for the quarterly releases, a lot of stuff behind the scenes, primarily with the API. They've deprecated the SOAP API. A lot of uh, new endpoints available and, and some pretty cool stuff you could do with the the REST and bulk API. But um, as a practitioner, uh, what I've noticed as an end user is a lot more integrations from third-party tools. I know uh, I was chatting with the Syncery team, uh, I want to say, but like last week, and um, you know, like I, I'll, I'll preface by saying I am the Eloqua person. I do consult in Eloqua. My day job, I use Marketo, so I, I play both sides there. But um, you know, we're talking about the Marketo integration. Like, yeah, we just rolled out an Eloqua integration as well, and I'm like, oh, that's great to see because I, I know the the big the big challenge a lot of Eloqua users has had has been you need a really robust open API backed by developer to like build these integrations with uh, other platforms and tools. So to see other companies investing in Eloqua's integration to like help us really kind of get data out of the platform and, and do some cool things is pretty awesome. Um, it's not comparable. I'd say not, you know, not yet to, to uh, other platforms like Marketo and HubSpot, but uh, huge improvements there um, really making, you know, marketing ops practitioners lives easier. If they're using Eloqua. Yeah, I was I was using Eloqua four or five six years ago. I was at a Marketo shop. Came back and I'm using Eloqua now, and that's like the big thing. I'm like, oh, it's like you can't can't call out. The other thing, I I I don't know if you use this or not, but they're starting to incorporate um, other capabilities to like SMS directly inside the platform. That's coming out too. So I don't know anybody who's using it yet, but um, I know it's yeah. there. Yeah, I know there was some other back when I used to work at Oracle many years ago. It was uh, there were some customers doing some custom solutions for that. Uh, I haven't worked with any customers that have used it, but it's 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 cool to see these integrations coming because um, a lot of it's a legacy. I wouldn't say the legacy system, but there's a lot of people who've had it for many years, um, well entrenched in their Marktech stack, and they need to make it work. And this just made everyone's lives a lot easier with these new integrations. Yeah. All right. So we've talked. Mentioned uh, Marketo. So AJ, how about you? Tell us what. Like what's great happening there? Yeah, there's quite a few things uh, personally that I'm you know starting to sink my teeth into that I'm excited for. And uh, the first one is uh, Marketo now offers a priority override for trigger campaigns. So basically, you can prioritize different types of campaigns to, depending on what you're trying to accomplish with with uh, goals. And so, for a lot of the teams that I get to work with. Um, Sometimes, you know, they have a ton of stakeholders or a ton of programs uh, firing off at the same time. And when you think of things of communication limits, you're able to kind of prioritize which campaign takes priority. So that's really cool. Uh, I've started to stick my teeth into using more of also the dynamic chat feature. Um, and recently in October, uh, Marketo released um, 
a better UI update to be able to auto arrange just some of the streams and the dialogue streams um, before it was a little bit messy and unmethodical. So they've kind of enhanced that. So I've been playing around with that. That's been really fun. You are also able now to uh, schedule meeting notifications uh, whenever those happen within the dynamic functionality or the dynamic chat functionality. Uh, most importantly, I think, and um, and I've always been hit or miss with the Marketo UI, but I've really liked the enhanced UI uh, when it comes to like some of the email template details. Um, I am a huge stickler on just understanding where things are used. Um, and so uh, the newer UI allows you to kind of see the email asset status, uh, when it was last modified, uh, who it was last modified by, um, as well as use some filters to narrow down by if it's been approved or in draft or unapproved. So just making my life a whole lot easier when it comes to just you know easing that bandwidth. So those are some features I've been excited about. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, that, that prioritization one sounds really interesting. I can think of many scenarios where that would have come in handy. Okay. Awesome. Uh, all right, Mike, your turn. <laughs> My turn. Cause I, I know HubSpot's not doing anything cause they never say anything about what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't ever talk about anything that they're launching. Nothing. No. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to step in and rep HubSpot a little bit on this as as a, a temporary chair for this episode. Um, I have been, it's hard. It, HubSpot's a hard one to talk about from just purely a marketing automation like performance kind of background. Uh, we we at marketingops.com, we use the platform um, sort of through and through CRM through marketing automation. So um there's a couple of things that I think are really interesting about HubSpot as an ecosystem play that um, are kind of opening it up to continuing to move up market, um, but also the ability to service down market teams too, and even like services providers potentially. Uh, so one of them is payments. So they've actually struck a really um, strong deal. It sounds like with Stripe and uh essentially processing payments for invoices, uh, kind of going end to end quote to cash is entirely possible. I can actually, if I was an independent consultant or something like that, um, I can actually set my meeting link to require a payment in order to book time with me. So this is another sort of services provider kind of approach that is super interesting there. Um, but then we all heard about Operations Hub getting launched, you know, in the last time we did this call, and it's certainly continued to, to grow from there. Uh, I will uh, fall on my sword a little bit. I subscribed to try to use Ops Hub, <laughs> and I have yet to actually put it into operation within our own business. Um, but there's some exciting things happening as it relates to when you think about the needs of, a, of an operations professional, they're doing a pretty good job uh, thinking about like, hey, cleanliness of your database or outdated workflows and lists, like they're really starting to lean in more to this idea of, hey, try to regain control over your data, right? So um, subscribe to this enhanced sort of data management environment that they've un unlocked, right? They call it data sets. Um, and if you're on a particular plan, you can just have the access to a data quality and an integrations view that allows you to look at really what's going on inside my portal. And it'll automatically recommend like, Hey, these, these two records look like they're the same. 
right? And so maybe you should do something about that. Um, and it's still a bit manual, but boy, that's a lot better than fetching data from an API or exporting it to some sort of CSV and doing merges and, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, so I'm pretty excited about the way that they're leaning in on this like operational category um, and trying to help people maintain sort of a, a healthier database. I'd say that that's probably the most innovative piece that's happening right now. Interesting. Okay. So you said something in there that made me realize I totally missed something. So the the reason we have Laura and George and AJ on is Mike, Mike as well is because they are chairpersons for each of these in the marketingops.com community. So, yeah, if you're if you're part of the community and uh, you have questions about these, they're the ones probably are most likely to help you get to those um, in the dedicated Slack channels. So, sorry about that, I missed that for sure. So, anyway, yeah, so they they they've uh, they've been back there behind the scenes helping the community with with this kind of stuff. So, appreciate all that. All right, so um, I, I I thought of another question here, but I may hold off on that. I, you know, Laura, your, your comment about, um, the name change prompted me. Like, I, I think one of the things that I've seen over the years, and it started when I first used exact target, um, which I guess is now, is that even still around as Salesforce marketing clouds? Yeah, it is. Okay. The, the story goes that exact target wanted to get acquired by Salesforce and they heard that, Salesforce was looking at either buying them or buying Pardot. So they went and bought Pardot. So Salesforce had to buy them to get them <laughs> both. Uh, yeah. um, and it got renamed Marketing Cloud, but it's never really made strides in getting integrated on a platform. No. It's still a separate login and all sorts still, of stuff. Yeah. Um, and the reason yeah, I bring like that up 10 is... 10 years ago too, right? Yeah. Oh, at like least. Over? Yeah. Because I was a, I was like using the tool when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the short story is I had migrated the team from like Salesforce to Sugar and oh. I was using Pardot, and then Pardot got acquired by Salesforce. And I was like, great. Now I got to find another map because they're not going to support the integration to Sugar. Uh, and then everybody's they scoffing did at for me, a while, like, but then they it? deprecated it. And then you could still do it, but you had to like code your own API. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sugar yeah. CRM. That goes way back. <laughs> right. Well, but I, but I do think in general, like all these, all these vendor, all these, you know, platform providers <clears throat> have been pretty good about building communities and advocates, right? So I think probably all of you are in some way connected, not just in the, the marketing ops community, but to each of those individual platform communities as as their sort of um, advocates. So I'm just curious, like what have you seen in terms of what they're doing to continue, either continue to or not engage with the community of their communities? You know, I think with any, you know, any time we talk about communities, there's room for improvement, but there's also budget considerations, and I get that. Um, Salesforce has been a strong, they call it the trailblazer community. Salesforce has strongly promoted them. They give us a budget to be, we don't get paid to be user group leader, but we get a budget to pay for food, drinks, to um, reserve a room, something like that. Um, and they also give us tools, like we no longer have to use free meetup accounts. We get a um, a reservation event management type platform, and that's all granted to us at no cost uh, as a user group leader. Um, I think there, there's the official channels, which is things like the Trailblazer community, and the Trailblazer community team is great. Um, and there's unofficial channels. Um, the Pardashians group that I mentioned is just users. It is managed by a um, 
Salesforce partner consulting company in the ecosystem, um, technically owns this Slack channel, but they're not charging for it. Their name is not plastered all over it. And they are welcoming not just Pardot members, but also Marketing Cloud members. Um, and then there's sort of in between communities, like there's a Marketing Champions community sponsored by Salesforce. We do have like an official like recognition and we have a point of contact at Salesforce and they send us swag. Um, and there's like a limited number of us Marketing Champions. Um, but it's a little bit of like leadership at Salesforce may not know about marketing champions uh, the way that they should know about us. Um, and they certainly overlook the Trailblazer community in many ways. Um, so it kind of comes down to like how well resourced these platforms go to market and, and product marketing teams are um, and how in the loop they are and how long they've been in the ecosystem. Because as much as like Salesforce has turnover, like, and we, we all kind of laugh about like our Salesforce AE changes every quarter. Um, sometimes the marketing people there change too, and they don't know who to reach out to, who are their you know, proponents in the community. Uh, I think there's a lot of improvement to be done for that. But um, then you have other great communities like the MarOps community that like, hey, you know, we love, we love chiming in for all the help. And I don't just hang out in my own little Slack channel. I, I like have alerts set up so that if somebody mentions Pardot in another channel, like it pings me. Um, yeah, you've really uh, you've really jumped in on quite a number of the chats. I've noticed a few times. I'm like, wow, she's she's a very savvy Slack user. Clearly, oh yeah, I love Slack. So, honestly, <laughs> that's um, awesome. But I, I also love the people who come to us with questions and who aren't afraid to like. Some of them will say, "This is a stupid question," but and like, I just want to say, there aren't any stupid questions. If you're beginning, you have to ask the questions. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask them. Mm -hmm. I might need to take a tip from you there on how to set up an alert like that. I would love that. Oh, I will show you. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, ditto as well on here. On my from, <laughs> yeah. From a point, from a, from that point in particular, I think we probably have an opportunity as leaders in this community to like, just like, Hey, optimize your use of Slack both internally and when in these communities, right? We should probably do a whole segment on that at some point. Maybe that'll be my course that I give to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, AJ, how about you? What's going on? Like, how's Marketo? I know that they, you know, the champions thing and all that was a big deal. So what's what's going on with Marketo and their community? I mean, everything's good. It, I mean, the community, you know, it, it's it's really still a lot of the community that I still rely on, you know, whether official or unofficial. But from like an official standpoint, I, I think just the Marketo user groups and the Marketo champion hours, you know, I'm, I'm a... I'm still a stickler. I try to attend as many as I can. Um, those are big things for me, you know, really just constantly learning there. I, I feel like Marketo has always supported those and and just have kept those going. Um, unofficially, it's it's constantly like marketingops.com or um, the, I guess it's the marketing ops, I think is the other one that's run by like a Tumos or something like that. Mops um, pros. Mops pros, yeah. Not to be confused with Mo pros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're all in the same space so it yeah <laughs> i mean everybody's just been fantastic uh, you know to just to really learn from uh, and it's helped me grow you know and and for me especially like when you know again with marketing ops when we talk about just like some of like this the summer camps and things like that like even for me that counts as communities um my favorite part about the communities is just constantly being around the people that are like better than me um because that's how like i get better and and you know there's no uh stagnant 
fitness, you know, and, and growth and all of that. And so it's great to see that a lot of the people that I've looked up to, like, I am now like speaking next to them and watching them grow or getting to learn from reading their books, reading their posts and just, just those different things. And so I, I, overall, I feel like Adobe's done a great job um, endorsing that and they will continue to endorse that. And I, myself, I'm just a big proponent on just community. You know, I've said this a million times, Mike knows it, but I wouldn't have my career without community. So it's a big thing. Hey everyone, it's Mike Rizzo here, and I'm interrupting your episode to bring you a brief message about, you might have guessed it, Mopsapalooza 2024, our second annual conference held in the vibrant city of Anaheim, California. We're hosting this hybrid event from the 5th of November through the 8th, and we would love for you to join us in person in Anaheim, but if you can't, please join us via live stream, courtesy of our sponsor, Excelvets. We're excited to offer an opportunity for professionals just like you to connect learn and grow among the best in the industry. Our event promises to be a highlight of the year, offering invaluable professional development experiences, live workshops, and of course, networking with your peers. Don't miss out on this incredible gathering right next to Disneyland in Southern California. Tickets are going fast. We will cap registration at 700 attendees. Secure your pass by visiting marketingops.com today. And we're looking forward to welcoming you to what is guaranteed to be an unforgettable event. It might just be the best event you've ever attended. But don't take my word for it. You can ask the community at any time. We'll see you there. Yeah, I I, I say often here that if this kind of stuff had been around 15, 20 years ago, I think it would be, well, I wouldn't be here probably. I don't know, but it would have been different. George, what's going on? I, like, I, I think, I know how, plugged in with the Eloqua community you are given that you're working both in Marketo and Eloqua. So what's your take on the Eloqua one? Great. I can add in my two cents worth of as well. Yeah. Great question. So um, I think so for, for, I would say it's, it's probably not as large obviously as the, the Pardot and um, uh, Marketo communities uh, for obvious reasons, but I'll say this, um, the users have really taken it into their own hands to create a sense of community. Obviously, I'll, I'll echo the sentiment on the Slack groups. You know, obviously, um, Mo Pros and Mops Pros are both big uh, Slack rooms for Eloqua support. Um, I would say in addition to this, a lot of agencies have picked up because Eloqua is becoming a bit of a niche thing now within the marketing ops world. Um, you know, there, there's agencies that run uh, events, you know, you'll see them promoted. Like there's an Eloqua experts group on LinkedIn that there's a few hundred members there. Um, and so uh, I know like Sojourn's a big one. I think they run, I want to say it's, I'm going to say monthly. Um, may, I might be wrong. It might be bi-weekly or monthly. They have a, an Eloqua user group that they host. I know it's on Thursdays. Um, and then I know Grazidi Interactive, they're another agency. They've been um, uh, setting up some groups for Eloqua users, not not to this, uh, the same level as Sojourn, but it's, it's definitely great to see some of the agencies picking up some of that community. Uh, piece. In addition to that, on the official channels, I mean, there's there's top liners, which is Eloqua's uh, Oracle's like um, or Oracle Marketing Cloud's like uh, online message board. It's pretty active. Like I'd say, there's about like three to four new posts a day, uh, like threads, um, and like any questions people have, they get responses pretty quickly. Um, you know, I, I'll say like like I said, it's just it's not obviously as busy just based off the user base as some of the other tools, but there's definitely an active community and and agencies and users have really stepped up to kind of create that. Uh, that sense of community. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Sojourn, I know 
has done some work where, where I'm at now. And so they, they've asked, uh, they've invited, you know, my, me and my team and some of the others in the broad organization, they have virtual um, user groups on a pretty regular basis. So um, that's interesting. There's a theme happening here, Mike. What's going on with? I actually don't know much about the HubSpot community at all. So, um, you know they've they followed very similar playbooks to Marketo. Uh, I think they all sort of it was. I think it was a <laughs> once you got one of the primary maps out there to sort of um, the domino to fall, so to speak, on the use of like a platform like Bevy for meetups and user groups and stuff. Uh, I think the rest all followed suit. I don't know who got in first. But Bevy definitely benefited from getting one. Um, so they have a very similar sort of environment that Lauro and AJ refer to around, um, you know, offering a an environment for you to host meetups. Um, they call them hugs. Uh, Marketo's call them mugs. Uh, I, I don't know what Pardot called or whatever Pardot's called now. Yeah. <laughs> pugs? No, um, <laughs> some user group leaders do call them pugs. I've just always said like the, I'm the Pardot Austin user group leader or something like that. There you go. Yeah. It's the trailblazer community groups, uh, like is the organization and they give us like official channels. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so very similar in that regard, they still have um, funding that's available. If you're a hug leader of a particular region, um, they certainly give you funding to be able to support those events. As we've moved back to in-person, you can now host the in-person and, and get a little bit more from that uh, bang for your buck in that regard. Uh, I am not a hug leader, but I've participated in a number of those types of environments in Orange County and in San Diego. We have members of our community here at marketingops.com that are hug leaders that I've worked with directly in person. Um, their community forum has remained pretty active. I'd say it's one of the more robust community forums out there in terms of help. Uh, I think a lot of that is perpetuated by the incredible partnership ecosystem that they built. So the partners benefit greatly from you know being a top tier provider and supporter of that community forum environment. But what's interesting is they have all these like subsets of communities that sort of pop up too. So there's your HubSpot developers forum on Slack. I'm in that one uh, purely because I'm constantly wondering what's happening with the APIs <laughs> and which one's getting deprecated next or new or, or what have you. Um, and so there's these little microcosms uh, that they also sort of spin up to support the the community overall of the various kinds of users. And then most notably... At Inbound, um, they definitely talked about the idea of having a community-centric sort of offering built into the HubSpot ecosystem. Um, it was very uh, community-led, ended up being the message. And the presentation on the main stage for the keynote at Inbound this year was all about how do you sort of connect those dots between Here's a professional, you know, Laura, AJ, you name it. Your profile exists in the HubSpot ecosystem. And if, uh, you know, if you're in there, how do we then give you exposure to, to the broader network of other professionals in the space? Um, so it seems that they're going to lean in pretty hard on community. I think they've always been in that vein, but there's something, there's something brewing there that's uh, extra special. And so I'll be, I'll be keen to see how that. That's really interesting that they emphasized community at the keynote there, because I feel mm -hmm. like it's 
overlooked and people kind of are like, oh, marketing is easy or like, oh, community is easy. But then you have these marketers who like, they don't know who their major proponents are. And mm -hmm. I think they're missing a really great channel to get product feedback from power users by not tapping into community. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they've Which, done a, Historically, they've done a really good job with tapping into their community, but like, you know, there was inbound.org for a while that got deprecated. Um, there's a number of sort of movements that have happened in and around this space. But what's the productization of community is super interesting. Like how, how are they incorporating this concept of community that doesn't feel like it's conflicting with the idea that I'm a SaaS provider, marketing automation platform, CRM, et cetera. Um, so it'll well, be and from a user standpoint, really like would that be distracting from getting day-to-day -day work done if it was sort of embedded in the platform? Yeah, I think well, I don't know if it'll go that far. I don't work there at all, but I don't no, know no, if it'll I, go that I, far. <laughs> but yes, no, I, I hear yeah, you. So I, I guess I'm pre presuming some stuff. I think what's really interesting here is what I was hearing a theme is because I think there's been an evolution, right? I think when um, when these platforms all started coming out, I think they all were pretty good about building community, finding advocates, right, and and really celebrating them. But it feels like, and maybe it's just the nature of all these acquisitions that have happened. And now like there's these people are kind of finding their own communities, whether it's through marketingops.com or the mops pros or whatever, right. These other communities to, to be sort of an extension of that. So I think it's, that's pretty interesting that that's evolved that way. Um, so let's, <laughs> let's talk about, you know, community feedback into the product development and prioritization. So that was something I was curious about too. I know you talked, each talked a little bit about the things that you are seeing that you're excited about from the platforms. I'm curious on the flip side, right? Are there things that you, you, or you're, you know, that the community is really, um, eager to see, be a part of the platform, but hasn't, it hasn't made it, you know? Um, and so let's, uh, AJ, I'm going to start with you. Let's talk about Marketo first. Yeah. Um, not only from the community, but just from a lot of the teams and that I work with, as well as myself. I just, one thing I want to see is just more flexibility around just like the reporting uh, within Marketo. Um, especially, I would love the ability to like drag and drop and combine reports into one report within itself um i find that you know teams including myself you you have to kind of create three different reports to look at three different things such as like email performance versus link performance i'd love to just kind of grasp those and put those into one report in one window and take a screenshot of that and then maybe even send that as a uh weekly uh kind of update to a team or something like that you know i'm constantly having to kind of export things and put them together so that's always been the bigger biggest strickler for me is just a little bit cleanup and just that reporting area in marketo so i'm just curious um I can see totally see the value of that for like an, a single team, but you you guys are an agency, right? So I can imagine also would it be useful? And I don't even know if this is public to be able to create. Here's our standard. I hate to use it, best practice dashboard, right? For Marketo, and we want to replicate that across instances for our clients. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one, it'd be helpful for our teams that are managing our internal Marketo um, to see our overall performance. But then two, it, it'd be very helpful to show teams and uh, on how to do that. I hey, here's the best practice because that's exactly what we do is we'll make a bunch of best practice things on what we've seen, what's working and innovate as necessary. Um, but yeah, to take that and to share it with other people and then to enable them on how to make the reports only because the reality of it is, is depending on the teams that we're working with, not everybody has like a tableau or like a visible or an advanced reporting mechanism, you know, um, sure. teams simply just the tail end of it stops at Marketo and that's a whole nother conversation, right? On oh yeah, when they're, when they're getting uh, a tool and they see it as the, the fix all solution, but um, I think that's just something a little bit more flexibility and might keep me honest here, but just some things that I've even seen, I think HubSpot really does really well is as far as like native UI and just some of the reporting capabilities there um, that I want, would love to see in Marketo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually have more recently had a lot of um, time spent in a Marketo environment as well. And I have to say like, there's, there's some desire there for, additional reporting, um, sort of the ease of use concept. I, I, you know, you can't get away from the power of Marketo, right? Like it, you can do anything you want in there, uh, pretty much. Right. Um, but trying to make that experience like smoother, I would have to, I'd have to agree. It'd be nicer to see a little bit more on the usability side improvement. Mike, since since you're you're already on here, why don't we like? Do you want to? What are you seeing that community or or people you you're connected with are looking for for HubSpot that maybe hasn't made it to their to their uh, their list of changes that have come out? Uh, it's funny, actually, going the other direction. I don't know that this comes from the community necessarily, but certainly from my perspective, <laughs> having now um, been able to use more recently the Marketo environment. It's been a long time since I've been in Pardot, but uh, gosh, the ability to clone an entire campaign from a folder structure and like the power that comes with with that in and creating scalability to your sort of marketing operations and campaign operations that happens in Marketo, that is entirely missing in the HubSpot ecosystem, right? Um if I wanted to relaunch a, let's call it a webinar campaign that had like five emails, maybe, you know, three to register, two uh, to remind, and then, you know, a handful, one after the event, and there's a landing page and all this stuff that goes with it. Every single one of those assets needs to be individually opened and cloned and rebuilt and all of those things. Um, that's pretty cumbersome. And so... I actually kind of missed it earlier, but there's a, there's a hint that that might change. Like HubSpot recently uh, released sort of a, a new and improved campaigns sort of beta. Um, it's not clear that, that, that they'll give you the ability to clone all the assets from that view, but I definitely gave them that feedback. And I was like, Hey, this is your view. This is the place. This is the time. Let us clone everything <laughs> from this one spot. Um, and I think scalability across HubSpot, uh, it's incredibly easy to use, but it is not as efficient, uh, when it comes to scale. So I'd say that's, that's, that's the trade-off. Common. It sounds like, okay. Yeah. 
George, how about how about you on the eloqua elo- front? Let's like you talked about some of the things that have changed. I haven't. There's, I'm sure, more of it that could be done. Yeah, absolutely. So, and uh, I'm going to lean in a bit on my experience of uh, using three platforms daily. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of log into them every day. I got the experience between the three that I kind of see. And it's like, you know, Eloqua does some things really great. There's definitely some areas for improvement. I think the big one, uh, and Michael, I, you mentioned you work uh, with Eloqua as well. It's um, the integration uh, with Salesforce, the out-of-the-box one. It's a huge improvement from the program builder days, a lot faster, not fast enough compared to the competitors. Um, still waiting up to 15 minutes uh, per sync cycle to bring in data. Um, it's good, huge improvement over what it used to be. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, when Marketo's going every five minutes, um, it's a little hard to compete. You know, what I mean, speed to lead, it, it, those minutes do count. Um, for me, a big thing is a little better, a little more out of the box, uh, I would say, reporting on integration issues. I mean, like that's like my day in, day out. We're always looking at integration issues. Marketo's has the problems, but you get notified. You always get that email with uh, all the leads that didn't sync over and you can go in and fix them up. And it's pretty easy to sub smart lists to, to build it. Um, Eloqua, you got to you gotta get a little creative, maybe create like a universal form, have a blind form submit with, with the name of the form so you can understand. And then that triggers off an alert to someone to say, hey, there's an integration error from this step. Go in and take a look. Um, but it's it's not you know, it's it, it, in my opinion, that should be something that's kind of out of the box. Um, and for a lot of users who are not as crafty with, you know, coming up with these kind of custom out of the box solutions, it, it's difficult. And a lot of them don't set it up and then they go into the program with all these integration errors and it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, uh, I would, so I'd say for that, for sure, obviously I, I mentioned at the beginning, the third-party integration improvement is, is great, um, but not where it needs to be. Uh, I think there's definitely some areas for improvement. Like the big one is uh, I checked yesterday because I checked periodically. It's still no Zapier integration. Um, I know I might get some flack for That's Zapier, crazy. but it's, uh, it's Zapier. By the way, I just, Zapier? we had, yeah, we had, it's Zapier. Zapier, Zapier okay. makes you happier. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Zapier makes you happier. That's what they Zapier makes you. Okay, Zapier, I stand corrected. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah there's no, uh, still no integration as of uh, as of yesterday when I checked. But, um, you know, I got, that's kind of like my duct tape tool when I'm uh, in need yeah. of uh, making a quick patch. And uh, with Eloquence, it's, uh, it's still not there. So that's, that, get, that makes it a little tough. Um, but yeah, so I'd say, you know, like I said, good improvements, definitely areas to improve compared to the competitors, but like, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that Eloqua knocks out of the park and that the competitors can't keep up with. Yeah. All right, Laura, bring us home here. Like, I think there's a lot of things that longtime Pardot users like myself would love to see Pardot deliver. We're also supposed to get a few things very soon here. So for example, Ever since they launched Engagement Studio, which is the replacement to like drip programs, it's the very pretty flow chart where everything flows down and does logic checks to create a nurture. Um, their only wait increments have been in, in one day increments. Um, so they've actually announced that they're supposed to release shorter than one day increments in the spring 23 release. So we're super excited. I would love to see one hour increments. I'm gonna guess that we're probably not gonna get that, but I'd love it if we were. Um, but other things that, you know, marketing ops people would love to see are things like sync errors. Like I have to go dig for my sync errors. Um, I did a whole presentation, uh, on what are sync errors? How do you resolve them? How do you even find them? Cause most people don't know that they exist. Um, there's lots of things that they sort of half deployed and then didn't finish. So there was a, um, in Salesforce, you would call it a list view, but it's like, here is your filtered view of everyone who filled out this form. I'd like to customize which fields are displayed in that prospect table. 
they kind of released it for the all prospects table and never and they promised us it was coming to everywhere else across the platform but it never did um and i mean other stuff like for people who have the higher end versions of Pardot or who would buy up to that plan, um, we would love the ability to pull in um, tags from objects like the opportunity object. We would love to be able to pull those fields into an email and send an email to follow up with, you know, an ongoing opportunity or something like that on behalf of sales. Those are features that don't exist. Some of them have been trialed and didn't go anywhere. Um, but I've also been pleasantly surprised with some of the things they have released. Like they released a um, a setting to uh, resync all prospects with one click instead of doing some finagling like it used to. Um, and then it's been out for several years now, but I still rely on um, uh, connected campaigns. And that is like the gateway drug to get all of Pardot data into Salesforce. So where Pardot's own reports are miserable and you can't do much with them, you can't customize them much, now you can push a lot of that data into Salesforce and you can customize the reports there. So through the connected campaigns object, as you build emails, you attach emails to a specific Salesforce campaign. And now those become a custom object called a marketing asset object in Salesforce. And I can now run reports and filter for like, hey, these many emails were sent and the campaign name includes or whatever. And I can see all the bounce numbers and stuff right in Salesforce. It's, it's, <clears throat> I think it's interesting that this notion about reporting has come up a couple of times here. And it sounds like they, I think they all have, uh, at least uh, from my perspective, I know Eloqua and, and Marketo fairly well. I think they, they, they both have things with like, I remember when I went from Eloqua to Marketo and I was like, I just want all the list of everybody who filled out a form and what they put in the form. You can't get yes. that in, easily in, in Mar Marketo. Eloqua, that's product. like a, that's a normal thing to do. <laughs> and so, it should be a normal thing. I a hundred percent agree. Like sh yeah. show me this prospect table and show me right there and let me easily export all of the people. If you can't show them on screen, let me easily export it. And it just yeah. seems like a quick, easy win. Yeah, I mean it's 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 I think it's really interesting and the way I think about it, I think Marketo was built all around the contacts, right? So if you want to understand what's going on with a contact or an opportunity, like that's you can get a lot of it. In Eloqua, it seems like it's built more around campaigns. And campaigns in Eloqua are more like programs in Marketo, but I think that's the whole separate thing. Um so that it's just a different, I think it's different starting point. And so I think that affected reporting. So like, I think we all have like, oh, we want to get this piece of reporting. And then it's not quite how it was built to do that. Um, interesting stuff. Um, so I was just talking to you a little bit about comparing contrast in these, like, it sounds like several of us have used more than one of these platforms. I'm just curious, like, yeah, what do you, yeah, I, I just threw out a couple of things that are, you know, I see kind of from the couple that I've used, right. I'd be curious what your thoughts are about what you've seen, like where they're the, the differences between key platforms on how they do something where you go like, I wish it would did let things more like this. Right. It's almost like we could come up with our, like if we could come up with our own marketing automation platform that did everything we wanted, right. It would pick and pick different pieces from different stuff. So George, you haven't gone first yet. How about we start with you? Because you, you've already said you work with Marketo and Eloqua, and you said a third one regularly, so I don't even know what that is. So uh, HubSpot. So HubSpot, I'm, at, okay. I'm at all three. Yeah. yeah. So uh, 
Yeah. Um, great question. Uh, th- this one's a bit of a tough one. Um, I, I get a lot of people asking me and like people refer to me being like, Hey, like, you know, like I'm looking at implementing, I'm looking at migrating. I've been through a, I've, I've done an eloquent Marketo migration. I've done a HubSpot to Marketo migration. Um, so I've been through it like as like, you know, the lead at, at the organization. And, um, I always like my, my number one piece of recommendation is I'm like, are you like a thousand percent sure you want to come do this migration before you pick anything and you want to switch platforms? I'm like, it's, it's one of the most painful things you'll do in your career if it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, rushed. Um, but yeah, so I, I would say like for how to compare and contrast it, it really depends, um, on the organization size, uh, the complexity, the team driving it too. Um, like, you know, like I, I always say this, I'm like, if, if you are a marketing ops team of one and you got a campaign team or an acquisition demand gen team that just wants to get stuff out easily. And it's a small organization, like for me, like HubSpot's almost like a no brainer. It's, it's, it scales. It's, it's super easy to use. You can, you can, it's very easy to enable your demand gen users to go and build stuff in there. Whereas on Eloqua, it's, you know, you kind of need a, almost like a campaign ops team that has a marketing ops background to run it, um, which typically you, it needs funding. Usually it's only large organizations that have the budget for that kind of stuff. Um, and then Marketo is kind of like the sweet spot in the middle. Um, I wouldn't say it's easy for, you know, like a demand gen users to get into. I, really you got to have like a, a tight knit train there's tools uh you can integrate separate conversation but um uh I, it really depends it really depends on on the complexity of the team the complexity of the organization the size of the organization um but i i would generally say like when i hear people being like hey should we go to Eloqua and we're like a company of you know we're startup or we're in our one of our series funding i'm like eh, I'd, unless you're like planning on going enterprise or you have like a specific use case like so you really need custom objects and how custom objects work in Eloqua yeah i think it's like a niche thing to to Eloqua but if you can get away with like the infinite fields on the contact record and you need something that's a little snappier, you know, uh, uh, Marketo might be your go-to thing. Depends too on your CRM ecosystem. There's so many different variables. I always just like, I always conclude with, I'm like, if you're going to be migrating, just be 1000% sure that you're, that this is the right decision because it's, it's, it's very tough to undergo. It's, it's expensive. It's time consuming. And, um, it's, it's, it's quite an undertaking for the marketing ops team. Definitely. Yeah. I mean that I remember Eloqua's custom objects, like the ease of spinning those up was the game changer when I was choosing that. Um, AJ, how about you? Like, what have you seen that you that compare and contrast some of the, the platforms? Um, so I'm predominantly in Marketo, but I think from that perspective, I would really love just a lot of the UI enhancements that like just the usability of like HubSpot. Like it's just very user intuitive because Marketo is very powerful. But it's also like, it just feels kind of like blah sometimes, like in terms of the UI um, and things like that. And even sometimes after the updates. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going through a website project and you made me think like, we want that website to pop. The, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just things like that. Like, um, I just, there's a lot of what HubSpot does really well. And and I'm not even a big HubSpot user myself, but a lot of the teams I've done countless migrations from HubSpot to Marketo. And so I see a lot of teams like, well, how do we do this? And I'm like, well, we got to kind of export this and then you got to launch it. And it's like, there's not really, a, you know, um, but, but those are the bigger things there. Um, and again, I'd lean back on just, 
just some more of the reporting. Like I, I, I do like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Salesforce user too. So I like just in Salesforce, the platform itself is just making the reports and being able to make the dashboards. I think at a minimum, it, you should be able to do that in Marketo to some extent. Marketo has the MPI to utilize, but even then, like I said, there's not a lot of like drag and drop and and create your own type of functionality there. And so for me, that's where it's limited that it could use some improvement. But those are just some of the differences. Gotcha. Hey, you, Laura. I was, oh, I was just going to interject, AJ. It was funny you said that about the UI. I had a, one of our campaign managers reach out to us, uh, reach out to me today. She's like, "What's happening with the Marketo UI? Why does it look like this? I thought they were going to update it." And it was like, it was just really random to get a demand gen user to to comment on it. And so, like when you said that, I could I was cracking up. It, it really uh, brought back some PTSD from that conversation. Oh yeah. Well, and with it owned by Adobe now, right? Like, there's like this. There's this sense that like at somewhere at some point someone's gonna really care about this visual impact, right? Like, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Eloqua's interface hasn't really changed with Oracle buying it, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura, how about you? What, like, you? So I'm I'm kind of a unique person in that I've spent most of my career in Pardot. I did spend a couple of years as a Pardot consultant where I migrated people off of Marketo and off of HubSpot onto Pardot, and some of it is in they were sold too much product um, and they're, they weren't using it to its utmost. So my Marketo to Pardot uh, migration project, they're like, we are getting charged so much uh, for features that we don't use and that don't work right. We just need to strip it out, strip it down. And that justifies switching platforms. Um, and at the same time, you know, it was very apparent that they didn't fully understand that like Marketo is more powerful than Pardot in very specific ways. Like Marketo, you can create custom fields that can do calculations. Pardot can't do any of that. I can't create a formula field in Pardot and Pardot doesn't sync well with Salesforce formula fields. Um, so there's pros and cons to everything. And I really think before ripping something out and bringing in your favorite tool, even if I took a job in a place that didn't have Pardot, I would hesitate before saying, oh, we're switching to Pardot because it's expensive. There's so much historical data. Um, un unless there's lots of features that I'm gaining and my my price is going to change significantly and in ways that like I'm absolutely going to benefit from, I probably, you know, the, the, the people who like they have a new manager and they just love Marketo and that's what they're going to rip Pardot out and put Marketo in. Like, I mean, I get it. But I don't always think it's well thought out because now you have to rebuild landing pages and they need a different URL. And there's just so many dependencies and so many touch points and engagement that you can't benefit from its history anymore. Um, even if you work for a company that gets bought by another company and you both use Pardot, you have to decide which Pardot account you're using and you lose all the history from the other Pardot account. Like there's so many factors beyond just the cost of a tool. You really need to look at who's using it, what's their skill level, are you gonna hire somebody who's more experienced in marketing operations to run it or not? You know? Yeah, that's a good point. And Mike, you, you already mentioned HubSpot and Marketo. So what's your take on the trade-offs? And maybe there's, a, you said you used Pardot a little bit at some point? I did. It was it was long enough ago that I would not at all have anything important to say about Pardot at this point. I'll say the uh, interface probably hasn't changed much. <laughs> it is 
It's that... prettier than Marketo's interface, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we had to stack rank it, it probably like in terms of uh, UI UX beautification and ease of use, it'd probably be like HubSpot, Pardot, Marketo, and then Eloqua. <laughs> like I don't know though about Eloqua. Um, yeah, I think I've, I sort of covered everything that I that I think I could I, I could express in terms of trade offs as it relates to the idea of migrating to and from, you know, I echo the sentiments of everyone here. It's very costly, very time consuming, uh, wholly dependent on your actual needs a while ago. And maybe Laura, you, this resonates with you. I, I'm not sure. I used to, when people come to me and ask me, you know, Hey, what do we use? Right. Um, you know, I agree with you, George, if you're sort of getting started, HubSpot's super easy, right? There's a freemium solution to everything that they have, right? So just jump into the free stuff. Um, and it scales. It really does scale. It can get up to enterprise. But once you get into the nuance of, uh, you know, I really need the campaign operations to work better. Like there's some other things you might want to consider there. But one of the things I used to say, going back to you, Laura, um, around sort of Pardot, was this idea of, are you a sales-centric organization or are you sort of a decentralized demand gen, lead funnel, inbound organization, uh, to, to use the, the phrase coined by HubSpot? Because um, th that might actually have an implication. Like if you want a tool that really enables your salespeople to do a bunch of stuff, like Pardot falls right into that category. Right. The alerts alone back in the day, that was like the number one selling point for every salesperson that ever saw it. They're like, oh, I can get alerted every time an email is opened. Uh, and I would argue, you know, HubSpot has some of that components, some of that stuff now. And Marketo certainly does, too. But it's like sort of a workaround. Um, but that's that's sort of what I always used to say is like if you're a really sales centric organization, like as a jumping off point, and you know, your go to market is like invest in. You know, we're not seeing it as much now, but invest in a lot of BDRs, <laughs> um, you know, maybe part and you're a Salesforce, you know, yeah. user as well. Maybe that's the right answer. And um, if you're a Slack shop, uh, Pardot does have a feature for Slack where like those alerts that you talked about, Mike, those could come in Slack. So mm -hmm. you could, um, instead of getting one of these ugly Pardot emails that says, hey, somebody opened this email, uh, you can get engagement alerts in Slack. Um, nice. And it, it is... Um, we didn't really talk about what do you sell in terms of like, are you B2B or B2C? And it's oversimplifying it to say exact target, AKA marketing cloud is for B2C and part of it is for B2B, but a lot of it does line up. A lot mm -hmm. of it does hinge on when you have an email, uh, when you have a, a prospective customer, are you going to turn them over to a salesperson to pursue and close the deal? Or are you driving them to an online store to make a sale? Um, because Pardot is very well positioned to do this handoff to the salesperson. Um, and Marketing Cloud has multiple tools that are made to like spray out hundreds of thousands of emails. You can definitely dip in both of them. People do cross over. I have some uh, companies that I've worked with for the years who have both tools. Uh, the last company I worked for had both tools. Um, mm. It it really does come down to how does it fit into your sales cycle and how invested are your sales team members. If your sales team members are working off the spreadsheets and they're not really in Salesforce, like you probably don't want Pardot because um, marketing is not going to get the the background like opportunity data 
that they would if sales is invested in, in using Salesforce significantly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. This this actually brings me, and I know we got to wrap it here pretty quickly, but uh, maybe next time we do this, Hartman, we need to bring in some users of uh, inflection as they are starting to develop like the PLG marketing automation platform. Cause you know, we just talked about B2B and B2C, but there's this whole other thing around like product led growth and how like any of us who've worked in SaaS organizations have, who have tried to do onboarding nurtures or sequences or engagements based on app activity. We all know that that's like dang near impossible (laughs) in any of the tools that are out there. Right. Um, yeah, it sounds like even in Eloqua, it'd probably be worse from an API integration perspective. <laughs> but yeah, we might have to have inflection come in here. <laughs> I, I think it would be interesting to find um, something that I, I remember talking to a, like a revenue leader um, during somewhere in time during the pandemic who was made an argument, particularly for a relatively early stage company, that you don't need any of these market automation platforms. You can get away with an email provider, kind of a relatively low cost one with um, some sort of CRM and then something that is like, a, I think he was using segment, but something like that to help connect things together. Um, and it sounded pretty interesting because like, I think that to me, actually, that like like I the idea that you could simplify it to, hey, look, we've got an email platform. It's just, we're going to do emails. We can do a little bit of trigger stuff, but it's not going to do nurture. But I also am like, I don't know that nurture is still all that important, really, personally. Like, I just, anyway. Um, so... <laughs> From what I'm seeing, it's still George. George, George is putting in the in the in the chat. It's like sounds like my old CMO. So maybe it is. I, I believe he was in Canada. So um, may have been. Yeah, it sounds. Uh, I just got flashback to a conversation I had about a year ago, almost identical to what you were just saying. Uh, okay, we'll have to chat after offline. I, I have to remember who it was. I honestly do not even remember. Um, yeah, but I think I think that's it's interesting. Um, it's really interesting to me that there's a lot of commonality. Like there's some things that they're doing that is, is like all these platforms are doing some things that are good and they're moving things forward. They're sort of keeping the community engaged, but the communities are, are sort of finding their own tribes, if you will. Um, but they're also in some ways not listening to the community either. And so they might be missing the mark from that standpoint. Um, so it's kind of curious, like where are they getting their input from? for what they're doing in terms of that. There's a, there's a term in software development called shiny blue button syndrome. Um, and it really comes down to some executive says, I want that. Um, and it means that features that developers want to develop that would solve problems for users don't get worked on because now we need to turn that button shiny and blue so people click it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Are you all familiar with the oatmeal? Oh, Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So the oatmeal has one that's like how web design goes to hell. Yeah. That's it's, a good one. Go look it up. You'll, oh, yeah, yeah. The one think, that's like thank the, me later. the tree, the tree, <laughs> yeah, the, the tree oh. and the tire swing one. Well, no, the there ends up being a, a cat. Yeah, okay. In the, in the web design, <laughs> I think I'm thinking of a different one, but yes, I, yes. oatmeal is very on the nose. <laughs> yes. He's brilliant. Um, Wow, this has been like I feel like we could have continued on more. I'm sure we could have. Um, really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, thank you, Laura. Thank you, George. Thank you, AJ and Mike. Um, 
So I normally we would go around and ask for like how can people connect connect with you? Why don't we I think we've got a little bit of time. We can probably do that real quick. So AJ, what like what's the best way for folks to catch up with you? Yeah, uh, just on my LinkedIn. So just LinkedIn.com um forward slash AJ N A V. So AJ Nav, that's the best way. I'm pretty active on the LinkedIn side. So Always happy to reach out. And then, of course, uh, and I'm in the community, so the Mark and Knops community. So please feel free to ping me, Slack me, and I'm there as well. Sounds good. Laura, how about you? I am at Par.pro on Twitter. You can also find my website at par.pro.com. Um, and, yeah, Slack is a fabulous place to find me. I think I'm the only Laura, L-A-R-A, there. So come find me. How about you, George? Same as the others. Uh, LinkedIn is the best. Uh, George Samaris uh, or uh, LinkedIn.com slash GC hyphen Samaris. Uh, same with Slack as well. I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who has my name that's in marketing ops. So uh, pretty easy to find there as well. There's too many of us, Mike's and Michael's. So. That was such a low hanging, like, you just teed me up. You know, I, I am the real Mike Rizzo for anybody who comes into oh. marketing operations and marketing MoPros. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Mike Rizzo, uh, the other one, is fantastic. So you can reach out to him, too. <laughs> That's right. There is another Mike Rizzo who's also in the community. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, uh, everyone. This was great. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks to our listeners. Thanks, Mike. And love Naomi and, uh, in, in, our, in our thoughts here, too. Thank her for, for what we've accomplished over the last couple of years. Looking forward to 2023. Uh, continue to give us your feedback and give us your ideas for topics and guests. Or if you have a topic that you want to talk about, let us know that too. You can reach out to Mike, Naomi, or me. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye.